I'm sure everybody kind of experiences this. They go to school, they get out of school, and they feel like there's no path to follow. And when I stumbled onto witchcraft, it was like, oh, this makes sense. This focus of intention, making sure I'm spending my time and energy on things that fulfill my life. Welcome to Better Together with Kostya Pafonsev, a podcast on parenting, business, and living life intentionally. We're here every week to bring you thoughtful conversation on making your own path to success, challenging the status quo, and finding all the ways we're better together. Here's your host, Kostya Pafonsev. Hey, y'all, this is Costa, and today I'm here with my guest, Montana Chambers, owner and founder of The Tiny Cloak. She is a artist, witch, energy healer, and spiritual guide. Montana opened The Tiny Cloak in March of 2021 with a mission to create space and opportunity for open-minded individuals to grow in spirit and uplift their soul. Today, we're talking about witchcraft, the metaphysical realm, and the divine energy that connects us all. Montana, tell us more about your background professionally and spiritually. Well, I actually started at Tech as a history major because it was really interesting to me. But then I didn't really want to create that as a career. Sure. So I took some time off and realized I really liked being outside. I love animals. And I went back with a wildlife science degree graduated with that bachelor's degree. But then I realized the only career path that way was a park ranger, which is pretty much a policeman of the woods. And I didn't want to do that. (laughs) So I kind of, once again, took some time off to find myself. Sure. And then it started with making products that were non-plastic. They were all natural, handmade. Kind of like sustainability. Yeah, Okay. exactly. A lot of my mission professionally is to get people more in tune with the earth, more connection with each other. And that's one of the ways I was able to do it. When did you make a pivot from being a college student to becoming a witch? Pretty much when I realized I needed my own direction. Okay. I'm sure everybody kind of experiences this. They go to school, they get out of school, and they feel like there's no direction for it. There's no path to follow. And when I stumbled onto witchcraft, it was like, oh, this makes sense. This focus of intention, making sure I'm spending my time and energy on things that fulfill my life. Sure. Did you practice witchcraft as a child or teenager? No, not at all. (laughs) The reason that I say that is because when I was a kid, I used to have some friends. So this was like at the height of Harry Potter. You know, growing up in Atlanta, we're still in the Bible Belt. Like they were not even allowed to read Harry Harry Potter, watch Harry Potter movies. I loved Harry Potter. Witchcraft. Right, exactly. (laughs) Like that. Yeah. So, I mean, tell me about your childhood and how you got here from there. Being raised in a very Christian home... Uh, which in a way does still influence my spirituality. Okay. But yeah, I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter either. I wasn't allowed anything with witch or magic or anything like that was like, oh, that's the devil. Don't mess with that. You'll open doors. And it's like, uh, no, (laughs) no, 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 no. I mean, it was almost like a negative reinforcement, you know, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, what's the one thing I'm going to do? I'm going to do that. So discovering though that it's not devil worship (laughs) was like, oh, Okay. And then more herbalism, more being in turn with the earth. The changing of the seasons is a big thing for me. Growing up in the woods was another thing that influenced me on this path. How old were you when you discovered witchcraft? Probably my teens. Okay. Yeah. And so you practiced it all through high school and college. What inspired you to take the practice of witchcraft and apply it to a business like the Tiny Cloak? Back in the day, there used to be a place called New Century Books here in Cookville. 
Nashville. And I loved that store. Actually, it's another reason why I opened my store is because it was such an influence on me. I loved it. It's the way it smelled, the way it looked, just the general environment and energy of that place was so impactful that when I saw this place for lease, I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. So I took my opportunity. That's great. And we're going to get into a little bit more about how your store functions and some of the misnomers about operating a business such as this. But before we move on, I'd like to ask something, and this is going to be kind of a long and a technical question, but spirituality and religion are deeply woven into the fabric of the Upper Cumberland and this specific region of the United States. So for anyone who feels intimidated by your store or the services that you offer, what common denominator exists between witchcraft and Christianity? I think the common denominator is most people want to understand themselves better and people want to make a connection with other people, themselves, the universe at large. And I think that's one of the number one reasons why I appreciate the work that I've done in opening this shop, because I would say it's surprising, but it shouldn't be that so many people really want to practice mindfulness. They want to be more intention based in their in their actions. And that's one of the ways people surprise me, I guess, in, in this sense, because you wouldn't think that Christianity or any other type of religion and witchcraft would be together. But surprisingly, I know a lot of Christian witches. You probably get this question a lot, but why do you think that there is this negative outlook on, on witchcraft in the Christian community? Well, that ties in with the history, <laughs> you know, the whole uh, Salem witch trials sure. and, and sure. other occurrences of women and other types of people who were persecuted for something that people didn't understand. So it's understandable that people can come out of that place of, uh, oh, I don't understand it. So it's evil. Yeah. But so it's like scary. You it's, can't yeah, do it. Yeah. yeah. I've never been in a, in a store that sells these types of products, but in my youth, my cousin loved the movie Craft. And so she, you know, bought these books on uh, witchcraft and, you know, told me that she practiced spells. I had never seen her like practice spells, but I think she did it mostly just because she was trying to scare me and get me to stop annoying her. So she's like, I'm going to put a curse on you if you met. And I was, you know, three years younger than her. So I was like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) But like when you're practicing and please pardon my ignorance, but like spells or incantations, enchantments, charms, are you doing that like daily? Can you give us just like some background on what exactly these spells and various other functions entail? First off, sure, it's really just intention. Okay. I don't actually need a lot of tools because to me, practicing witchcraft ties in with that metaphysical term. I metaphysically use physical representations of what I want to focus on. So even though I can use a red candle for love magic, I can just simply say something about like, I want to bring more love into my life. Mm-hmm. And that in, a, in and of itself is a spell. Okay. Sort of like a prayer. So another tie-in between Christianity and the latter. So I really need to understand what metaphysical realm, uh, what that means. So are you talking about like an alternate universe when you say metaphysical realm? I really think about it as not really a different realm. It's the things we can't see. Like the energy. Right. Energy. Love. I mean, a person can feel love. You can't see it, but you know it's there. Sadness or the air even. What do you think is the greatest misconception about witchcraft, energy healing, tarot card reading, and the metaphysical realm overall? Most people would say 
oh, it's devil worship. That's the first misconception. But I would actually say the first misconception is that the people who don't understand it, which is unsurprising, it's a lot of people, is that it's bogus. It's not real. It doesn't work because most of those people have never actually tried it or they, like I said, they don't understand it. So when it does happen to them or they experience it, it can be like, oh, there is something to this. Is it like serendipitous? For example, cast a spell like you light a red candle and you want to find love and then love comes. Do they say like, well, I found love because of this spell or because I performed this task or do they just disregard that altogether and just say, oh, you know what? this was meant to be. That was just like something silly that I did in your experience. In my experience, it's really up to the person. Okay. I mean, you can definitely say, well, I manifested this. I mean, sort of like my business or a relationship that somebody would hope that they can get. It's yeah, just really up to the person. Now, do you manifest things into your life on a daily basis? And if you do, how long have you been doing that? I think I do for sure. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here at this podcast talking about my stuff. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, I try and practice intention manifestation and focusing my energy every day. Uh, How long have you been doing that? Years. Okay. Yeah. The reason that I ask my wife, Jessica, she is a very big believer of manifestation and sort of viewing your goals, seeing your goals, uh, telling the universe that you will reach those goals. And there's some interesting things that happen, um, you know, that she's manifested, I guess you could say, that has really shocked me. uh, And I would have never expected. It. So I, I actually believe that that is a real thing. There are things in this universe that you can't necessarily touch, that you can't see, but you know are there. And dare I say that that might be very fundamental with the entire idea of religion as we know it. You know, you got to have faith and you can't really see God. Your drive towards right. the goals, manifesting your dreams. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's really interesting. So in terms of the community, how receptive are they to your store and also how do you encourage skeptical or fearful people of witchcraft or magic to come by? People have definitely been very receptive and supportive and it's been amazing. Uh, There's only been like maybe one person that's come in and been like, "Mm, I don't know about this and left, which is fine. Sure. Totally fine. So nobody like picket signs outside or anything? Thankfully, no. Okay. (laughs) I was was prepared. Right. Exactly. Because it's happened before, but to help with skeptics and stuff, that's a tougher one for me because most of the time you don't change those people's minds unless they want to change their mind. Mm -hmm. So I I don't want to waste too much of my time on on that. (laughs) Sure. So, I mean, overall, it's been a positive experience. Oh, yeah. What do customers typically expect when they come into your store? And are they going in to buy like products like we were talking about with like the red candle? Or are they going in primarily for like services? Like, for example, the tarot card readings. Again, pardon my ignorance, but like maybe reading a crystal ball, no crystal ball readings? I, I don't do those <laughs> yet. Okay. Okay. What, what typically, what do you see? Do you see mostly them coming in just to buy products to practice medicine on their own, or are they coming in to take advantage of your services that you offer? So a little bit of both for okay. sure. Most, most people come in for products because okay. they come in knowing what they are looking for generally. But yeah, sometimes people come in for tarot readings or uh, energy work, energy healing, or smoke cleansing. Actually, somebody, uh, I 
I just did a smoke cleansing earlier today. So what, what is a smoke cleanse? Uh, most people say smudging, but I want to be appropriate and say smoke cleansing. Okay. So, so what what does that entail? Using smoke to cleanse the energy, cleanse the air. Okay. Yeah. 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 Getting rid of negative energy and, and stuff like that. I've heard of smudging before and I hear it's kind of like a controversial or not the right thing to say. Can you explain a little bit more about why you're not supposed to say the word smudging? Native Americans were persecuted for doing their practice of smudging. So oh, when wow. people of European descent use it and say smudging, it's cultural appropriation. Sure. I, I say smoke cleansing. Everybody knows what smoke, well, generally, most people know what smoke cleansing is. Some people say saining, which is the European descent right. term for it. But um, smoke cleansing just seems to be an all-encompassing way without appropriating culture to say what the process that I'm doing. Sure. So my mom, she practices Orthodox religion, Eastern Europe, or Russian Orthodox. And so they have the smoke Frankincense cleansing. and myrrh. Yes, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And so, and then also I remember when we bought our first house back in 98, she had a priest come and bless the house with the water with, I think it's, I think it was holy water and also with the, um, the smoke yeah. as well. So Very uh, nice. I probably sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so moving on, what do you think you sell the most of in terms of products at your store? Probably the Zodiac roller, essential oil rollers, perfume things. Okay. Uh, yeah. They're very personal because people love the Zodiac signs. Um, I made boxes, but they're a little more pricey. They're a little jar of incense or a candle and a little oil, a soap and a necklace and a, a crystal that all correspond with the Zodiac sign. But generally people are like, I don't know about getting all that. So I'll, sure. I'll just get the small Zodiac nice. oil thing. So I'm a Gemini. Oh. Yes. And so if you were going to make a box for me, what would you put into it? Okay. Well, the color yellow. Okay. A crystal citrine, citrine crystal oil that's bergamot and basil. Gemini is the twin. So probably like two of everything too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah. Well done. Do you feel like you're breaking through to a lot of people in this community? Do you feel like you are educating people or do you think that the people that are coming to your store have always practiced witchcraft and have always been sort of in this group? Oh, I'm definitely educating people. Good. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, I think definitely the stigma around it is one of the things that I'm getting rid of. At least I hope so. There's definitely people who come in who've been practicing for years and they're finally happy to have a shop here that are, that's like that to provide this service for them. So it's both, but I'm definitely very happy that a lot of people are very curious and, and want to learn more and and want to be open-minded to it. What's your most popular service? Oh, it's definitely tarot readings. Nice. Yeah. Now you said energy healing. What does that mean? That would be more of almost like therapy, just letting people talk about things, letting them feel their emotions and work through them, past traumas or deep-seated fears, stuff like that. Now, before they come to your store, is there anything that they need to expect? I mean, should they make like an appointment? Do they just walk right in? Do they need to like mentally prepare if they're if they've never been to a store that sells these types of items? What do you recommend? I don't think people need to like prepare. Okay, so I, no I, prep work. Yeah, it's just I mean, if they want, they can. But it, I would just want people to just come in, check the store out. If they, if there's something there that they like, they buy it. If they want to talk to me, I'm there to talk about things. You can make an appointment if you want for tarot readings or smoke cleansing or energy healing, anything like that. So you opened in. March of 2021, what's the hardest lesson that you've 
learned and how did you overcome it? I really am hard on myself. <laughs> I overwork myself and I'm, I'm still learning that I need to give myself a break and that these expectations of myself can be a little a little impossible, a little out of this world. And <laughs> I'm working on going easier on myself. This is definitely the year I'm going to like give myself a break and let myself sure. rest and yeah. stuff like that. Are, do you have any employees or is it just you? It's just me. Okay. So you're there Monday through... Tuesday through Saturday. Tuesday through Saturday. And you're open, I'm assuming, 10 hours a day? Nine to eight. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Wow. And then you're doing inventory and... I'm doing, doing my own books. bookkeeping too. Yeah. yeah. You're doing your books. My own marketing, manufacturing. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I'm running the show all by myself. Now, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, you're coming up on your one year anniversary. What are you most excited about for 2022? More of things that I, I was doing last year, I guess. The fundraisers I was doing were awesome. Like the pictures with Krampus mm -hmm. was really awesome to see. And the fundraiser craft fair event that went on on Halloween, Samhain at Dogwood Park. Uh, I hope to do more things like that. That was really fun. So you like the community outreach. You're obviously approaching it from a very kind of specific point of view. So I think that a lot of people are interested more now probably than ever, since we're a little more open-minded in 2021, I hope, kind of embracing this practice, right? I like that. That's very good. Now, I want to move into something more personal. You consider yourself a witch, correct? Yes. Okay. First off, what does that mean? And can anyone be a witch? So we kind of touched on it earlier about the whole manifestation of dreams and really focusing intently on my energy and time. That's what it means to me. I mean, for some people, it's working magic, you know. To me, it's definitely focusing my energy because if I don't do that, I'm all over the place. Sure. And um, once again, overworking myself because I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm trying to accomplish. But to me, that's what it means to be a witch, living life intentionally. There you go. I like <laughs> that. With regards to magic specifically, have you ever encountered people that can actually like conjure up like spells like I'm not talking about like Dragon Ball Z here and like Chi but have you ever been in an encounter where you are seeing something supernatural? No. Okay. Not the way people think. So I mean like no like levitating <laughs> or uh, mind reading or telepathic powers? Well I mean I guess in some ways some people being able to know I mean myself even know what people mean when they're talking even though they're saying something else. Yeah. You know like their words don't meet their actions. Sure. Can anyone become a witch? Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. so step one, what does it take to be a witch? Just title yourself that. Okay. Look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm a witch. And then visit the tiny cloak. And visit the tiny cloak. To pick up some candles, red candles. Incense, yes. Books. Your box for your zodiac, zodiac sign. Zodiac sign, yep. <laughs> <Like> Crystals. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. So give us some impactful stories or experiences you can share with us that have happened to you or to your clients? One of the most impactful stories I have is uh, I used to go to Long Hungry Creek Farm up in Red Bulling Springs where they would always do summer solstice fire. Big fire out in a field. Giant ring of circle of people all holding hands and celebrating summer. And it was pretty much my first encounter of a real community that is involved in this witchcraft practice. And it was almost an emotional moment because I had always been experiencing spirituality or religion in a church, in a building. But being outside with a bunch of people and around a fire, it was one of those moments where you go, oh, this
this is what it is. This is what it means to be connected to myself and others, or the earth. It was uh, almost emotional. <laughs> yeah. So that experience expounded on your already your religious beliefs. Yeah. So it complemented your Christianity. In a way, yeah. It was like a quick changeover almost. If you could share one piece of advice with our listeners about healing, reclaiming your energy and working with the universe, what would it be? Trust yourself. Trust your intuition. That's the only advice I really have. That was how I continue to practice my own witchcraft every day is trust yourself on your your path. Do you think the universe is telling you everything that you need to know? I think so. Yeah. I think that's one of the ways that I can continue on my path is trusting that I'm in touch with the universe and what not it has because what I have for myself is what I think it wants for me. So you talked a little bit about the art festival and you talked about Halloween, which you had a different term for. Sawin. Okay, Sawin. I mean, it seems like you're trying to build and being pretty effective at it, a community of people that practice witchcraft, that see the world maybe through this lens. Is that something that you want to continue in 2022, 2023? Uh, And also, how important is that to you? It's definitely important to me, um, even though I generally practice solitary. A lot of people do come into the shop and ask, are you a part of a coven? Do you know of covens that meet up often? And I'm like, yeah, there's uh, actually Cookville Magic Society on Facebook. So if you want to check that out, you can. Yeah, I think a lot of people generally because of the stigma around witchcraft, they feel like they can't really talk about it with other people or they don't really know a lot of other people who um, also practice. So when they find a space like this, they of course want to ask, do you know other people? And it's like, yeah, yeah, Here, here's these other people. They do it too. They would love to talk to you about it. I feel like we need more of a community here that's a little more diverse sure. and accepting a and inclusive of people who want to practice too. So is there a difference in terms of like the potency of spells and other things if you practice solitary versus practicing in a coven? It can be. It depends on what kind of spell you want to cast or um, what you want to focus on. Generally, I don't notice that much of a difference when practicing with others or practicing by myself. Before we move on to our very last question, I have to ask, do you know what dark magic is and have you ever encountered it? Yes, I know what dark magic is. And I I have. I think a lot of people are like curious because it's taboo. So curious about the taboo, right? I know only a couple of people who practice dark magic. Okay. So what is dark magic? It's more of you are trying to influence somebody else. Okay. Or you're hexing someone or doing something else that's nefarious in terms of practicing witchcraft. Generally, that's the difference between white and dark. You don't want to influence somebody else's will. You just want to practice your own intention. I feel like I'm pretty well protected against dark magic because um, some of my upbringing was in Professor Snape's Defense Against the Dark Arts <laughs> class. Uh, and so, you know, I've got some some skills. I have a pretty good Patronus charm. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's nice. a dragon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Strong protection yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. So if you had to pick out anything from the Harry Potter books or series, is there anything that's actually true in any of those books? I don't know. I mean, is it all fiction? Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, mostly. I mean, even like calling just women witches and just men wizards is, is wrong. I mean, even, okay. a, uh, even a man can be a witch for sure. So is, are there such a thing as wizards? Technically, yes, but it's up to the person if they want to be called a wizard or a witch. So there's no like distinction in terms of the type of magic that they use. 
No. Okay. We always like to end the show on a high note. Who is someone that makes you better when you're together? My partner, my husband, Jeff Lee. He's very influential on wanting me to really express myself creatively, and he just wants me to do what I want to do. So that's one of the reasons why I love him so much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Better Together with Costa Yepafonso. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a review, or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Better Together with Costa Yepafonso is a Costa Yepafonso production. Writing and production by Morgan Franklin. Want to find out more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafonso.com. We're better together.